Lap, welcome to the podcast. You're a bit of a different one to what we've had in the podcast before. A lot of the industries people know a lot about, but you're involved in esports, which is a new industry. If you could just tell us a little bit about what that is exactly. What is esports? What does it mean to you? Uh, I'd say esports, well, the the rule definition would be it's human versus human um, competitive video gaming. So basically, instead of you playing, for example, chess on a computer or Candy Crush forever, that's you versus the computer. But competitive video gaming, aka esports, is human versus human, which would be over, for example, Call of Duty or a first-person shooter. Yeah, and you're CDO, Chief Development Officer of a company that's involved within esports. Could you just tell us about what your current involvement in esports is? My current role uh, is is quite a new role, actually and for what I'm going into, which is more the investment side of things. So, for instance, we've just launched this uh, boutique fund in esports, and uh, my, my role would be to sort of, you know, help manage other companies that we sort of invest in or view other projects or help get uh, investors into the company. So everybody played games as a kid, yeah. and it's something that, you know, I'm passionate about, you're passionate about as a kid. How do you get into esports then like what is the avenue so you like games what's the next stage there see that that's exactly where we sort of started in the space was you know we, we didn't see like a correct transition into the space for you know the next generation or people who are just really passionate and enthusiastic as children and wanting to see sort of the commercial side and elements of it i mean ju- just diverting the question i will come back but, uh, you know, it, it's such a massive industry. It's larger than the music and movie industry combined, which is, you know, obscene. If you look at Call of Duty, for example, as a franchise, it's larger than Star Wars or Marvel, which are the largest movie franchises out there in terms of net revenue. But how would one really get into it? Um, for instance, work that we've really tried to advocate um, has been a lot of non-for-profit work in our main uh, federation, which is British Esports Federation. We have partnered with Pearson and we offer a a variety of A-levels, GCSEs and soon-to-be university qualifications across the nation. And that being said, we also do a lot of national championships, which you can start in your school and play against other schools just to, to sort of build out the ecosystem and infrastructure and engage children from a younger age. Because um, the career opportunities are really, really endless in uh, esports. Keep in mind, you know, when from the development of a game to an actual tournament uh, being produced, it requires everything from marketing to business to the music industry to the... Uh, production side of things and the movie and film so yeah I mean there's just plenty of avenues what what would I say going out to someone looking to get involved in the space I believe well it depends what entrance you want to go in graphic design you can come into a lot of esports teams or companies or merchandise going uh, as a designer and that can lead you up the rank if you want to go through there or if you want to come in from the production side you can come in as a games tester or if you're at the top end level and really have that time to practice and put in the hard hours, you know, you can really be a pro player, which, you know, is what everyone dreams of, I think. I mean, I can, yeah. I'm sure you did as a kid, uh, likewise. Sadly, I wasn't t- top of my game uh, for too long. I'm blaming bad Wi-Fi for that one. <laughs> so you're currently involved in esports and you're developing as a CDO and you're learning that career role better as you go on. But... What experiences were you doing before this company 
related to esports or not, that prepared you for this role initially? When I was around 16 or 17, uh, still at school, I, I set up my own business with my uh, friend at the time, uh, which was e-commerce and dropshipping, which, you know, while I was studying my course at school, which was business um, development, you know, I found myself learning more from a real-life scenario, which, uh, you know, created a great outcome. We were very happy and successful with that, but I obviously chose the latter to uh, continue my studies at the time. Uh, but, you know, translating that over to the esports space, and uh, where that's brought me to my current position. I've had a few roles within the space, some of them being marketing, marketing development. Again, one of my other passions is, you know, the creativity behind how you can market and engage a new fan base, which is, you know, one, one of the bizarre things around the esports space where, you know, larger companies are, you know, wanting to come in. is because our generation is so, you know, hidden on, you know, weird little places on the internet. It's like, you know, having a whole demographic watching a live esports tournament at one moment in time is a really good opportunity for a larger brand to come in. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so that that would have been sort of the marketing say, stage of my career and then also developing and managing teams, having look sort of down that avenue has been fantastic. Yeah, and I mean, personally, I do history and, you know, the reason why I start this podcast is to try and find out what I want to do and, you know, why I got you on to speak here today is because I I know very little about the esports space, but it's, you know, liking games as a kid and also just you explaining that you can kind of have any role within it. What are the kind of people you're looking to bring onto the team? What do you, what kind of people do you think are suited to the esports industry? It's, it's the same with sort of any other industry. We're not trying to be different. We're, we're just, you know, pointing out and uh, trying to excel in industry, which has been sort of maybe un- under... Uh, funded in in the past, uh, maybe, especially for UK. That's one thing we're really trying to grow in the esports industry is just bring the UK and make it a bit more official in the sense we have a, where we can have a few more esports companies which are grown straight out of the UK and uh, maybe teams. Yeah, you, you talk about all the success that esports is having and how it's developing in Britain. Where do you want to see the industry in five years? What do you want to see being done more of? So let, let me set the scene right now. So the, the, again, this is more close to home for me because at the moment in the esports space, if we were to compare this to any other sport right now is, yeah, for instance, all, all esports tournaments right now, you know, they're, they're all streamed on free-to-watch platforms like Twitch or YouTube, which is not great for the industry at all because you've got you know a cost per spend per viewer at the moment would be a dollar 62 and that that could come from a donation to a streamer or you know the tournament organizer uh, to or to the platform itself youtube whereas compared to a normal sport you're paying 20 up to 20 quid a match mm-hmm. and that you know that's the same for boxing rugby tennis majority of sports what we're looking for in the space within the next five years would be, you know, a larger sponsor or um, or a larger media company to come get involved. Unfortunately, um, within the last six months, we've just seen Sky realize this. They've realized they've lost a lot of their uh, viewership or, or at least the demographic has changed. They see a lot of maintenance with their older viewers, you know, growing with them, watching their sport. But what they've seen is a drop-off of younger people because, you know, they're all online watching these free-to-play tournaments mm-hmm. at the same time. So they've just done a partnership with an esports team called XL, 
which is you know a great step in the right direction. Five years time, I'd love to see the same um, treatment that other sports get because you know it's the same athletes, uh, same time, same hours, yeah, and same infrastructure that we could definitely help build out. Yeah. So what, what what's interesting to me and anyone who's currently in the space and has got into it is that with all these new industries, say YouTubers, oh, kids want to be a YouTuber nowadays. Parents have a certain idea of of what YouTube may be, of what esports may be, and they might, you know, some might like look down at it. It's not a proper career. Or I want you to try and be a lawyer. I want you to try and be a doctor. But you know, you're doing, you're you're playing a game. You're getting really good at it, and you're beating your mates. And and that's kind of what, as a kid, you know, the best thing that can come from sports. What I had is that you can just beat your mate at it. You know, and that's the best yeah, thing come it. But now you can actually make more money in in this industry than you can make in almost any other career. What do you say to people that need that extra push to get into the career, that extra, like, motivations that, you know, can maybe go against what everybody's saying about games and sport, uh, or even YouTubers? And I think you've definitely got two questions in there. One, one of them being, um, which I'll tackle, is, you know, it's this parent and this older generation not sort of understanding the, op- the real-life opportunities that uh, you know, a new emerging industry can bring you. I, I'm, I'm not saying esports is. I mean, we're we're probably around 20, 25 years old as an industry now, but it's just becoming more acknowledged and more used by a younger audience because of the upgrade in technology and infrastructure we've had. Mm-hmm. But for what what I would say to you know an older generation looking in is you know, our, we're not having to do the same. Um, we we don't have the same opportunities that they had in the sense you know. It's not the same as like a nine to five now. You are seeing, you know, uh, YouTubers, you know, earning millions and millions. But exactly the career opportunities that it brings you. And for example, for me, using myself as a case study is uh, at school. I mean, I'm sure, you know, I was probably more of a quiet kid, definitely more Mm -hmm. introverted at the time. I I was really fortunate. You know, uh, I believe esports really helped me build up my social skills and um, there are other great studies that have been conducted where, you know, it definitely prevents Alzheimer's as well, the more you get older, for the memory function. Mm-hmm. And it's great sort of reaction timing. And, yeah, it combats loneliness as well. So we've done a lot of pilots to help with the Army, Navy, and um, some uh, police forces um, across the nation to help get kids off the street as well, to stop crime, to sort of start tournaments, friendly competition rather than real-life violence. Uh, you know, we we just hope parents would consider and take more time, you know, looking into rather than just reading headlines, which are again, you know, drafted up by people who have taken no interest or knowledge mm-hmm. or care to look into the industry. A quick ad break to talk about London tap water. Nellis, did you know one in five bladder cancer cases are caused by the tap water that we drink? I didn't know, but this is why we're proud to have Water Two as sponsors of the podcast. Water 2 is a new water company serving the water in aluminium cans and via home filters called pods, which plug in under your tap to bring you bottled water on tap. Amazing, right? Backed by years of research at University College London, the tech behind the water is over a thousand times more powerful than a common Brita filter. It's a totally groundbreaking company. We recently had the founder, Charles, on the podcast, and we're both regular drinkers of Water 2. It's something we really live by. It's better for you, safer for you, and better for the environment. So, to get your own pods, head over to water2.com. Health starts with hydration, and you deserve more than just tap water. Some people talk online about how gaming is similar to gambling. 
Have you seen any crossover between the two in your industry or do you think it's completely different? I'd, I'd say at the moment, I mean, it's quite sad, actually, because what we've seen in the space at the moment is, you know, our, our demographic right now is probably ageing between 12 to 26, you know, of our main demographic in, this, in the whole industry internationally. And what we've seen a lot of, there are, there are big influencers in the space, whether that be YouTubers or streamers, Twitch streamers, whatever streaming platform they be on, or, or even esports teams. At the moment, what we're seeing is, you know, just heavy, heavy promotion to a much younger audience, which just has no financial education. And because, and I'm talking specifically about, you know, gambling uh, being labelled as a gaming sort of platform so it will be it will look gamified it will have you know leveling up platforms or facilities within it but it's a raw gambling website and what's happening this has made such easy access for a younger audience to get on board and you know they can just lose so much money without realizing Mm -hmm. because of you know their lack of financial knowledge again something we're really going to take a stand in in the space um because it's just not right and I just don't like how, you know, they're a younger generation themselves and they're not looking after the even younger generation. Um, so for, w- one of the things we're trying to do to combat that is uh, with our British Esports Federation, we've partnered up with IBM and we're making this online harm safety platform. It's not directly a, associated with anti-gambling, but it's just a safe way for kids to interact online. I mean, I'm sure... I mean, how, how old were you when you first went online uh, for gaming? Like 10? Yeah, I mean, it's ridiculously early, isn't it? I, I'd say same as myself, or if not even younger. And because of that, you know, we, we have such access to anybody out there, mm-hmm. which is, you know, good and bad. But no one's being verified. It's very anonymous. So, you know, we're, we're creating this platform where it's ID verification, same skill base in yeah. their game, and same... Same game, same same nationality, or you can change that, uh, and it's just a good, safe place where you know you're understood. So, so, if you were looking to go into esports, or you know, as an actual gamer, or just maybe to get involved with a team, what are some teams that people should look towards? What are some ones you'd recommend? But it, to us, it starts with the game, then then what you know what you follow as well. Um, I don't know how many people listening are familiar with uh, particular esports teams out there. But um, they they do start at ground root, uh, grassroots level, and that that's most of the sort of um, investments that I've been looking at recently. Again, with my team, are you know teams who have just been starting out of a dormitory. You know, it's four four mm-hmm. guys or four girls, whatever it may be, who who've just collectively got better and better and put in the time and hours. A lot of people would do is follow a personality, and what a lot of these pro teams don't have. Is both. So you can either follow like a streamer, which I'm sure you've watched back in the day. We've mm-hmm. all spent our fair share of time on YouTube. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they're, they're not the best of their game. They're just a good personality to watch to be entertained. Yeah. But if you're going from the raw sport or um, competitive level, then, yeah, you, you definitely want to look for a Premier League or higher type team. Then stick with them. Yeah, I think what's interesting to me about this industry and having spoken to a bit is that as a student, you know, listen to everything you're saying, I can now view the industry as something where, say I, I, I was someone who's always very good at gaming and I just wanted to get into it, like, you know, sales playing five-a-side with my mates. I can actually join a grassroots-level team and actually see if I can make it into an industry in a way that you didn't know existed before. Yeah. Uh, and also, I'm a student. 
I'm studying history or I'm studying law or I'm studying like marketing, I can actually go into this industry as well in in terms of like a you know I'm not a gamer but I'm involved in the industry like there's many avenues you can go down individually for you what is a bit different to the other episodes recorded is that you know I like to ask people about what they perceive a successful career as for them and because they're normally going into the industry where you can it's more tangible what success looks like you know maybe getting that top role on an investment bank or getting your company to this place like I wonder for you what does success look look like for you in this industry you know in the next five maybe 10 years, what would you like to see, see yourself doing? It's more the growth of the industry. I believe there's a lot of kids who were like me, um, who were really passionate, maybe a bit quiet, a bit introverted, and uh, just didn't really know sort of a right career path or, you know, maybe school wasn't for them or exams, um, or, or they just struggled with, you know, any social skills or anxiety. I really think, you know, that... The more you do, the more you play. But it's all a balance. Where that takes me in terms of the industry is, you know, I would love to see these kids emerge um, through the confidence of esports mm-hmm. and uh, building up a great support network through that. And, you know, just, you know, having a go in, you know, the multiple ways you can enter the industry in whatever career path that may be. There is definitely something for everyone in the space from what I've seen. And, yeah, we're really happy with the growth so far that we're at especially in the uk um it is very emerging up north hence why we we have we've basically just um acquired this old car dealership opposite the sunderland stadium which we're going to convert into a load of classrooms and um a bit of an esports arena and yeah it will be sort of the esports hub for the uk uh, yeah. we're calling it the national esports uh, performance center and, um, yeah, you, you you know, you, you can go if you're a team, if you're already a, a well-established esports team, or if you're just a group of mates, you can go up for a weekend and just go play games until whatever time in the morning. Yeah, and I, th- I think with this industry as well, like, when you're really young, like, say you're at school at 16 and you're having careers fairs, like, it's very hard to get passionate about something that's so far away. Like, you know, you know law, you have to do years of university training and whatever. Like, esports is something you can get passionate about from a very young age you know you can get passionate about playing the games you can get passionate about getting better in it and then actually before you know it you're entering an industry as a young person what's maybe some advice to a younger generation you know maybe start of university or before at school some advice you'd give them on on like looking into the industry and really understanding where what their role could be within it what one of the main things I've I've been doing for the last uh, couple of years or so is finding synergy with other emerging industries or well-established industries and finding you know how can I relate that to esports or where what can we do to enhance a project in esports or you know what can we make work? I would expect you know people who are slightly fascinated or very interested who are doing something they're not you know enjoying to really try and correlate that to what could be inside esports if they're doing you know for example a marketing degree and they'd prefer to be doing esports that's still you know changeable and mm-hmm. interplaceable within the esports industry yeah yeah so i asked about younger people maybe at school or at start of university what would you say for the people that have graduated or are in an industry that maybe could translate into esports but they feel stuck in their life like what, what would you say to them I think to them, I'd, I would definitely encourage you to 
look at who you could help because you may have some experience in another industry which for example an esports organization doesn't currently have um as i just said before like an esports team they're always looking for managers or the correct people to follow or agents yeah there's plenty of room for new faces in the space and we you know we really want to encourage that um but yeah there's definitely experience which needs to be balanced in the space and i think a lot of uh, new people would bring that yeah and i, I think everything you said today as, as someone who knew very little about esports and just you know i i, I like games and I, I like watching people play games as well but i didn't actually know how feasible it could be for me to get involved in the industry i feel very inspired and i feel curious to maybe go into that in the future so i I thank you for what you said, and uh, cheers coming on, mate.